Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Yes, I'm Still Sober podcast. I'm John Rabin. And listen, this is episode 157. An arbitrary number, of course, but 157 episodes means this is week one of year four of my podcast. But, um, so it makes you think, all right, well, got to make some changes, right? Um, probably not. I don't know what kind of changes I would make because I still want to do what I want to do. And there are, you know, there are, there's parts of me that make, make me think maybe I should, uh, what can I do to attract new listeners? But that's not my style. My style is to repulse. No, my style is to do what I want. So I'm going to do what I want. Um, But what I will do is probably starting next week. Or actually, you know, it's starting right now. I am going to the the name of the podcast is changing. Oh, no. Relax. It's now going to be called Still Sober with John Rabin. That's it. It's practically the same, same email, same everything else. I've just changed. I'm just shortening the name and it's a, it's technically rebranding. And uh, the word rebranding means um, to do the least amount of work possible in order to become more appealing. Uh, I, it's, it's, and it's not really rebranding. It's just shortening the goddamn name. And keeping it basically the same. I'm shortening the name and putting my name in it. Because I'm me and, you know, I'm important to me. <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like maybe I should put my name in it. Let me just shorten it. and uh, But it's going to be the same. So let me just, uh, let's, let's start over. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Still Sober with John Rabin. Welcome back, and here we are. I'm excited. I'm excited to be talking. I'm excited to be having a reason to talk out loud at home right now because I am home alone. My wife is off on vacation. Uh, She texted me a few hours ago to let me know that she's almost to Boston. She was at Rhode Island, and now she's almost in Boston. Or, although right now she would be in Boston. She's going to be in Boston for a couple of days. Um, was in New York. And she's going to be gone for till next Monday. So it's like several more days. And uh, she's been gone for three. Say Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, about three, about 72 hours without my wife. And, uh, and it's weird. It's strange. Especially after the year we've had, where it's like, hey, how would you like to spend all the time together? Um, so, and I could tell that I've, it, it affected me because at work today, I was talking way more than I normally do. Just riffing off of 
and talking out of my ass. Just kept going for no reason. I was, I was being pretty entertaining, I think. People were laughing and enjoying or tolerating me. Uh, reading the, I, I, I was trying to read the room. The, the room seemed loose and fine because there's not a whole lot of work going on. Uh, the, you know, it's kind of a slower period with uh, rentals at, at the warehouse. So it's more like catch up with uh, me cleaning and polishing glasses and just, you know, just catching up kind of stuff. So it's been kind of slow. So it's been plenty of time for me to just kind of bullshit. And when I talk and when I say bullshit, I really mean talking out of my ass, like just going off, for example, when we're looking at uh, cleaning up uh, work areas and in uh, the uh, the laundry area and throwing out, there's all these extra things in there uh, that don't need to be in there that aren't being used, like different types of detergents and stain removers and all this other stuff. But it's all like all the all these products that don't work or that are inferior to the main three. The main three products, which is laundry detergent, shout, the spray, and fabric softener, specifically bounce. It's like tide, shout, and bounce. It's, that's it. Oh, and also bleach. There's bleach there because um, we have some napkins that are white. And you know, all the other colors. So, so, and then using bleach for one, one thing. So, so that exists, right? But there's all these other products. And one of the things there is this tub that looks like it was used for about a week and then has just kind of sat there of OxyClean. And I just went off about how useless OxyClean is. Not that it's useless, but it's inferior. It's, it acts like it's, you know, OxyClean, releases oxygen to do some, some kind of thing. I don't think it does anything differently. I don't think it's any different than any other detergent. And here's how I know that it's not better than regular laundry detergent. Because we don't all use OxyClean. If a product is superior, you don't need advertisement for, the, for it to spread. People will know, wait, this gets my laundry cleaner and brighter. Well, fuck what the commercials say. This actually makes my clothes look better and they fade less quickly and they're more vibrant or whatever the hell. Well, then I'm going to use this and I'm going to tell my friends. I'm going to tell my family. You know, it's been, OxyClean's been out there so long that uh, new adults people in their 20s, their mom, their, their parents would have told them, hey, OxyClean is why your clothes look so goddamn good. Remember that when you go to college. You're going to college, here's a tub of OxyClean. Fuck Tide, use OxyClean. Like, that would be the case. But it's not the case, is it? How do you know that it's not as good or it's not better? Because there was an infomercial. They used infomercials. For the longest time, things in infomercials are not better. If they were good enough, they would get into society and into culture without the fucking infomercial. That's 
that's the bottom line. I'm not even going to touch on the guy, you know, who did the commercials and, you know. But it's just the, yeah, that's what I just kept, ri- I don't know why. I just kept riffing about OxyClean, about how it's bullshit. We threw it away. We could have probably used it, but it's like, this doesn't do anything. It's why I've got liquid detergent. I don't need this. This is, this is an anti-commercial. Fuck OxyClean, says me. That's what I say. Yeah, but my mom says, whatever, you know, listen to your mother, not me. I, I'm just telling you that it's been my personal experience that OxyClean does jack shit. I think I bought it once just to try it out because the commercial made it seem like it did. So it, it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. And we rent out, you know, I clean napkins for rentals and... Uh, I've washed a lot of them and Tide is fine. Just use Tide or whatever you like to use. But OxyClean, come on, get out of here. But that's what I mean. I just did all that. I did all that at work. I was not prompted. I just felt like talking because I've been not talking at home for 72 hours. I haven't been talking to the pets. My wife told me that when I go to work and the the two cats, because they're always like bickering and fighting because they don't like, well, one doesn't like the other one. The old one doesn't like the newer one, but the newer one likes to fuck with the older one. He just thinks it's hilarious. He's like, this is a game. She's going to hiss at me again. But the thing is, is that my wife told me that when I'm at work, they don't, they don't mess with each other. It's more of a performative thing. And I was like, that's weird. So we both have to be here and then they get ramped up and, and bicker. It's like, yeah, it's the show. There's no audience. Why am I performing? And sure enough, she's been gone. They haven't fought. They don't do anything. They, they come out. They whine at me when it's time to eat. They eat. And then the, you know, the old one goes and hides it either in the bathroom or the closet. She's like, well, I'm out of here. Fuck off. I'll see you at dinner. And the other one is like, well, I'm going to go go to my bed. And by his bed, he means the bed. And he just sleeps on the bed the whole time or in the windows. Like, ah, I want to see what's going on outside. No, nope, I'm back to the bed. You know, then allows me to use the bed when it's time for me to go to sleep. But like they, they don't care. The poor dog. Because Lucas is, is my wife's dog. But he's our dog now. But, you know. Like right now he's he's gnawing on a bone and he's taking his time with it because he's definitely got anxiety because he's like, he's cool, but he's still like, ah. is she coming back? Are we fucked? Is this it now? Like he's got that look in his eyes. He's just kind of side-eyeing me. He's like, hey, kind of that, that, that wag. I've talked about like the, the slow wag, which is kind of the, uh, yeah, trying to pretend that everything's cool. The everything, trying to pretend that everything's cool wag by the dog. It's like looking at me going, we're, we're cool, right? Everything's fine. Everything's going to be okay. Right, John? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's fine. Just give it a week. I know you have no concept of time. 
but uh, it's going to be fine. Like, yeah, it's going to be fine. Yeah, it's everything's fine. You know, just kind of with the slow whack. It is going to be fine, but he's just, yeah. He's like, for me, he's trying to hide his anxiety, but I can totally see it. He's just like, ugh. So we're all kind of unsettled, but, you know, it's fine. I have Xbox and uh, NBA playoffs, so I'm doing all right. <sighs> oh, yeah, I also have, uh, I'm also watching all the things. I said it last week, I'm, I'm watching th the things that I know that my wife uh, wouldn't be interested in seeing. So I'm, I'm like revisiting uh, older British crime films like The Long Good Friday. I just watched that. I rewatched my favorite, which is Get Carter, with um, which is a very uncomfortable movie. But Michael Caine kicks ass. Like young Michael Caine is the shit. I highly recommend that. Here's the thing um, that I learned about uh, British crime films with uh, that I really enjoy. Many of you have probably watched, of course, the Guy Ritchie films and stuff. But here's the thing about watching a movie for the first time that you haven't seen that's full of Cockney, right? Is you think you're like, okay, everyone's got thick, Cockney accents and they're like, all right, all right, you know, they're doing that shit. So you so you think, okay, let me put the subtitles on so I can follow the movie. But it's Cockney, man. Subtitles help you see what they're saying, but that doesn't tell you what the words mean. It's still slang. So you're like, oh, that's what they said. What the fuck does that mean? So, not really helpful. You just got to go, all right, let me just uh, kind of get the feel for the thing and I can figure out what's going on. God, I hope, uh, I hope what he's saying isn't, you know, pertinent to the plot. I hope just the, the, the theme, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It's like, okay, there's some shit going down. And they're trying to figure out what that shit is. And, you know, it's gangsters. All right. It's it's not that, you know, it's not a, it's not Inception. You know what I mean? Um, here's another anti-ad. That's all this, that's all this episode is. It's just, uh, you know, rebranding and anti-ads. Uh Fuck Southwest Airlines, apparently. I don't know what their deal is. I don't know. Here's... I... Guys, you can serve alcohol on a plane. You can serve food on a plane. You can... have TV available on a plane. The flight attendants being humorous are not substitutes for these... Thanks. That's that's it. That's just I don't. Uh, and so, but here's what they did: they canceled. My wife booked the flights in March. I think it was March. 
you know, I think she she figured out is like, all right, you know, they're the different phases of the vaccine rollout are going to occur. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. You know, I'm going to go into June. So it's like like reserved, you know, and if not, I'll cancel it, be, you know, be, before that time or reschedule type of thing. So she, you know, way in advance, they canceled her flight. And the only notification she got about it was a phone call at five in the morning, which is about an hour before we were getting up to then get ready and, you know, get to the airport. So about, so she got a phone call at five in the morning, three and a half hours before the flight. And they didn't leave a message. That was the only notification she got. So they canceled her flight and or like rebooked and they rebooked them. She was going with a friend for the next day. Supposed to fly out Saturday. They rebooked her for Sunday, which is not going to work because the whole point was they were flying out to New York and they were going to celebrate uh, all, all the events with, uh, with gay pride, you know, it's on Sunday. So that totally misses the point of going to New York city for, you know, on Sunday. So that wouldn't have worked. So, I took them up there. So I took them to the airport, even though the flight was canceled. They're like, we're going to fucking deal with this. And I'm like, all right. I drop them off. I leave. I get texted and say, hey, can you come pick us back up? So I go pick them back up. And they tell me, well, no, they've worked it out. What's going to happen is they, uh, they're going to fly out of Houston Oh, and they said that the flight was canceled because they were flying from Austin here in Austin. They were going to go to Dallas and then Dallas to New York. But because of inclement weather. So I guess there was maybe storms in the Midwest. But see, nobody else was canceling flights. So it's really sound like, oh, what? There's a little bit of rain. I'm sorry. We're canceling the flight because, uh, you know, we fucked up. You know, because I just seen an article about how American Air was uh, American was canceling a bunch of flights because they have a staffing issue, which is uh, which is a bunch of crap, you know, because they got a bunch of bailout money because they got a bunch of, you know, uh, pandemic money. They got like funding and then now they can't, uh, you know, ah, labor shortage. Mm. Um, whatever. I don't I don't care. I'm not not flying. But uh, yeah, so. They're going to fly out of Houston. So they're going to take a one of those flicks buses, one of those uh, mega buses type of things, which is always kind of, it's always shady. You know, it's like, okay, well, they're going to pick you up in a random parking lot in downtown, you know, at 6th Street, 6th Street and I-35. There's a parking lot there. Yeah, just hang out there. No, it'll be fine. It'll be during the day. Fine, whatever. So I take my wife and her friend to the parking lot. Just leave them. They say goodbye again. I go home or I go go buy groceries for me for the week, right? I get a text and, you know, after going to the grocery store, 
My wife tells me the bus never showed. So I got to go pick them up again. And I don't know why I did this. I casually mentioned to them when I pick them up, well, I guess I'm going to have to drive you to Houston. It's three hours. And they both kind of went, huh. You know, they looked at their different options and everything, and they determined that that was the best solution, which is definitely better than riding the bus, right? Um, so I did. I, I don't know why I casually went, yeah, it's fine. I'm not, I wouldn't do anything today. Because, well, my, my big thing was, I got to get you guys out of the state. I <laughs> you already set me up for this. It's like, it's time to go. We got to get you on that. We got to get you on that flight. Um, also, you can't come back home, baby. I just bought a bunch of groceries and it's garbage. I bought a bunch of garbage that you don't eat and you can't eat. You know, a bunch of like Totino's pizza. Like I, I reverted back to just eating like a single person. You're just garbage. I bought all this. Stuff. Like I also got like some salads and my smoothie stuff because that's how I justify eating crap is I've got all this stuff. So I'm like, I got to get. So I drove them three hours to Houston to the airport, which for some reason, because there's I think there's two airports at Houston and the airport they were flying out of in order to get there. You got to drive through downtown, which is some crap. There's no. The whole point of an airport is to be outside of town so you don't even have to deal with the inside of the, you know, the just the, the mess that is that city, right? So you got to drive through. So I drove three hours through downtown Houston, dropped them off, I and I let them know I'm not picking you up again. Then I drove home. Like we stopped on the way up there and I got them. They got through and they did get on their flight and they did take off and they and they got to their destination. But I dropped them off and I drove straight home three hours back. Um, I'm not going to do that again. That's uh, at my at my age. What am I doing? No, but it was it was nice to know I could do that again. But Jesus Christ. And let me just say, and I don't want to uh, start any kind of controversy, but Houston is a shithole. <laughs> no wonder why everybody's always trying to leave those sport, those sport teams. Because, man, those highways are garbage. If it, rain, it rained when we were on... It, it was either 410 or I-10. When we were on a strip of highway, it started to rain really hard for about a minute and a half. It just went boom, and then it stopped, right? When it's wet, when the roads are wet, you can't see the lines. You don't know where the highway, the, you don't know the lanes. You just have to go, well, I'm going to follow the person in front of me. Maybe they know what they're doing. Maybe they're not swerving into another lane. Because you can't see the lines. What a fucking terrible place to drive. Everyone's a psycho. Everyone drives psychotic, you know, psych psychotic in there. They're just, they're insane. And the roads are shit. The roads are shit and everyone drives insane. And 
I don't know. I, you know, maybe there's more to Houston. I don't think there is. Anyway, all I'm saying is if you, for the next couple of months, if you have plans in the future, be prepared for the airline to screw you over. Just be prepared because it could happen. They are in control and it's not right. But yeah, just, just in, you know, I still don't know if that bus, that Flix bus showed up. I don't know. We just like, mm, what a waste. Uh, one last thing I'll talk about just real quick before we get out of here is I'm already seeing it starting and I hope I'm wrong because it'll be annoying. But, I mean, we'll see. It, it it actually, I don't know, it'll be interesting if, if it ramps up like I feel like it's going to. And this all depends on what happens with the, the coronavirus, the Delta variant, how serious that continues to be uh, overall, news-wise, how much it dominates the news. It feels like, if unless it it's really deadly, unless it really starts affecting a lot of people and throwing things into disarray, uh, it won't dominate the news. It'll just kind of be because I think people are just being like, you know, I don't care anymore. That feels like what's going on. Is it feels like everybody's like, I don't care. Like I got vaccinated, I'm fine. You need, you know you need me to get a booster let me know that's it i'm done this is not this is not trendy to me i'm not going to click therefore you're not going to get the ads i.e. you'll quit covering it as heavy and you'll move on to something else that'll scare me enough to click on it so that'll be the main news story because that's how news works and if you don't like that because that's not the way it used to be, then everybody should just go back to buying newspapers. But I don't think we're going to. I don't think people are going to buy buy subscriptions to newspapers, pay for your local newspaper. Does anybody pay for your local newspaper? Like online. Do you subscribe? I don't think that, you know, not, not a whole lot of people do. We should. We absolutely should. That would act. That would guarantee better news, more thorough. But unfortunately, that's you know they got to make money somehow. So they're going to push the stories that it's like there's no big uh, you know the mainstream media. They're ba- the mainstream media is motivated by what we fucking read we move it as a society it's always us it's always like oh big brother Eh, it's us we we're doing it um i'm getting off track what i but here's the thing that i think they're going there i'm already seeing it happen with different articles and pieces that are popping up because the opioid crisis is not, hang on a second. 
That's right, Lucas. Get you some water. I didn't think about the fact that recording right next to the water dish was really the uh, the best idea. My God. You're like a camel. It's because you've been chewing on that bone all day? This is the first time you're getting water? This is the first time you're getting water, isn't it? Holy shit. It's the tail end of the podcast. You know, you could have waited two minutes. Two minutes. And we would have been done. He's still going. You can't hear that, right? Lucas, I'm telling you, this is fascinating. You really made this episode. The water dish is running out of water so you can hear the motor go. Jesus Christ. Hang on a second. Is that long enough? I mean, wow. I had to refill the the water dish because he had all the water. Man, that just kept going. I'm legit was almost done. I had two minutes left. I was going to wrap up and just go this. Everybody watch out for this. And then done, right? It's unbelievable, man. Thanks, Lucas. Uh, I don't even know what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Talking about how the opioid crisis is not trendy. You don't hear about it, do you? You actually have to go search it. There are articles. There's still things that are kind of happening. But there's no movement. It's just kind of like, eh, letting you know what's going on uh, with opiate-related uh, arrests or deaths or hospitalization. Like just, but overall, it's not trendy. But you know what is getting trendy is alcoholism. I'm seeing articles pop up about how, ooh, we're you know, as a country, we drink too much, and it's really been, you know, and I've talked about it on here of course that you know with the drinking alone and the pandemic and drinking early and I mean it was obvious I mean it was obvious you know early on just going to the dumpster and seeing all the empty bottles and packages thrown in the garbage in my apartment complex like you could just see and like Early on, when I was uh, when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do for work and doing like ride like the uh, um, like delivery, you know, I was delivering alcohol a lot, you know, at first, and it's just it's crazy, man. It's like uh, you could totally tell this was going to happen. So, so now it's like, oh, we're all out. But see, now we're out. So yeah, you're not dry- drinking at home. But you've gotten used to a thing. So now you're going out and socializing and everybody's fucked up because they've been inside for a year. So you got to lube up that social whatever, you know, that whole thing. So you're so you're drinking more when you're going out or you're, you know, it's like, eh, let's have a little wine while we shop. You know, that kind of thing. So. It's going to, but, but here's the thing. Yeah. 
if you're not an alcoholic and you don't have a drinking problem, but you've been drinking more than normal, that doesn't necessarily make you an alcoholic or it doesn't turn you into an alcoholic because maybe you still are able, you know, you're able to cut down on your own because you don't have an addictive personality or that dis or the disorder. So don't let it, you know, but the idea, the paranoia that, oh no, did I turn into an alcoholic is going to fuel the articles that will come out like, oh, America's got a drinking problem. Do we have a drinking problem? And then just saying it will make everybody think about it, which manifests itself into more people possibly having a problem. Like it, it, it just creates it. It just like, just antagonizes it more. And it, I really think it speaks more into an existence and it just ramps itself up and exacerbates it more by just saying it over and over again. So be on, you know, be ready, be ready that this is going to happen. It's going that I think that we're going to see more and more news pieces and everything about we're much more you know we've got an alcohol crisis so it's going to be an alcohol crisis you know are we headed for another prohibition or whatever they're going to keep bringing that up and that's going to go until we get tired of those stories uh and then it's like eh. and the thing is that it's all you know they're going to talk about it but will they do anything about it well they provide resources like they should be providing for for the opioid crisis they which they still haven't and it's still weird that they're still not bringing it up like our president has a son who's a drug addict like in recovery but he knows firsthand it's like well man what about the rest of the fucking country here where's the resources for this I don't know. Like I said, that's why we got to watch out for ourselves. The government's not going to watch. But the thing is, is that it's going to, it's, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird to me that it's like the you know biggest problem we have in this country right now is alcohol. Uh, I think it's all together. It's just all of it. But just, you know, be on the lookout. You know, I called it. I called it first. It's not about me. I get it. But uh, it's just an observation I've had. I've already seen like stuff pop up and like, hmm, alcohol is, you know, America's drinking more than they used to. Uh, we drink a lot. But now it's about are we more aware of it? And what do you, you know, on an individual basis, what are you going to do about it? Anyway. That's all I got for this week. Nah, see, I told you last week that I was going to go longer this week because I'm like, I'm like, I just want to talk. I want to talk. Like with a purpose, not just like some crazy person talking to their pets. But uh, appreciate it. This is uh, Still Sober with John Rabin. Uh, new name. Appreciate it, you guys. We'll see you next week. Later.
telephone.